Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know or didn't think you needed to know about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Hey, what's up y'all? Welcome to episode 92 of Japan according to Akio. Kind of pretty cool episode for you. Um, give a couple of recommendations centered, you know, concluding with a movie recommendation that will give you some insight into life here in Japan. Um, we're just going to be a quick intro. Uh, you'll, you'll hear why in the podcast, but um, yeah, it, give it a listen. Really stick around for the end. Even, even if you're not into these t y p e of movies, I highly recommend you um, get, watch the movie that I recommend. At the end, up to, at least up to a certain point, I talk about it you know, in the episode, but you'll hear why after you listen. But go for it. Enjoy. What's up, party people? Welcome to episode 92 of Japan According to Akil. Thanks for rocking with me. Let me adjust my, equi my equipment. I'm so happy to say that I can actually say that I have equipment. <laughs> you know, if, again, if you've been. With the podcast, sorry, let me adjust this. From the Genesis, you know,、um, it was a struggle for a while. I had a, you know, bootleg, really bootleg setup, and now I have a semi legitimate setup. So、um, it's really good to be able to say I have equipment. I got equalizers and stands and filters, and, you know, we've come a long way. And speaking of coming a long way,、um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I'm also have the reason why I'm recording this, I'll just tell you. It's what time is it? It's、uh, 1 26 in the morning right now. So you can imagine we're not going to go、um, super long this time. Definitely not because I got to work tomorrow and kind of, there's a football game coming on I'd like to be able to watch some of before I got to go to work. But、um, the reason why I'm recording later than normal. And normally, typically, I would actually just say, I was, I was half being like, ah, fuck it, I'll do it tomorrow. But I, I have my equipment out because I was doing my recording for Dun 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 Dun, my second podcast, surprise.、Um, yeah, I'm doing, I've decided to do another podcast completely unrelated to you guys. So please don't search for it. Um, this is going to be it's an English study podcast that I decided to do、uh, just with my you know, video editing and stuff like that. I, and I, watched, um, I was watching some Japanese、uh, dude talk the other night. It's a long story, I really won't get into it. But basically, I just saw,、um, I was watching a video the other night and it got about a platform. I was looking at it, it was a podcasting platform for Japanese people. Oh, fuck it, I'll talk about it.、Um, Yeah, actually, so、uh, podcasting in Japan hasn't really taken off yet. So, oh, sorry, more adjusting.、Um, podcasting in Japan hasn't really taken off yet. So,、um, yeah, I heard this guy. He's kind of like, his name is Horiemon. It's H O R I E A M O N. Just, just Google him. He's a really interesting dude.、Um, actually, I know a guy who knows the guy.、Um, Sorry, that sound, kind of sounds like I'm name dropping, but whatever. I mean, I never met him, so fuck it. It doesn't really mean much anyway. But um, the um, point is, like, he actually 
was this uh, kind of tech investor, and he went to jail for, he was the CEO of a company, um, went to jail for like a couple of years, I think, for illegal stock splitting or whatever, came back, reinvented himself, like, you know, came back up. Now he's like really online personality, inventor, uh, you know, just branding himself, doing a bunch of shit, and he dropped some, some kind of gems, like... You know, up and coming platforms, information, because he's just really plugged into like he's kind of ahead of the curve as far in Japan as far as like online shit goes. So every now and then I listen to one or two of his shows just to get some hints about what's going on here. You know, because he's kind of plugged in with that shit. And so um, he dropped the name. Basically, he dropped the name of this platform, this podcasting platform that uh, I'd never heard of because it's very Japanese. So I checked it out, and I was like, huh, it was looking interesting. But then the business model of it was totally out of whack. Uh, if you And I'll explain why in a second. So, but, but because of my experience here with you guys, you know, it was like, well, fuck it. Like, I might as well just, I can, I'm, no way I'm doing that. So I'll just like, just I, I, with my, excuse me, with my animation videos and stuff like that, a section of it is going on my YouTube channel is for Japanese people is going into um, listening practice. So I just kind of did a few calculations the next day. I was like, well, I can just stretch this out and expand this a little bit. You know, it doesn't, it won't take me that long to record. I kind of know what I'm doing about setting up a podcast now. So fuck, I got the equipment. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll just go for it. You know, it all helps build my, my shit. So um, I was like, all right, let me just do it. So tonight was like, you know, I did a little planning um, yesterday and decided to rec- sit down and, re- and record the first, well, two parts. I'm doing it in two parts. It's basically just a storytelling uh, podcast for English study people um, with some question and answer and stuff like that. And, it, you know, pretty pretty basic stuff, expanding on um, some of the videos that I'm, that I'm doing um, online now. But, but I, think it, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be helpful for Japanese people. So, but the, but the let me talk about the, the, um, the platform which inadvertently helped me get this idea and I was explaining it to a coworker as well because this is a kind of a very Japanese thing for me from my perspective and then don't worry I'll give you guys some other stuff I got one quick article and one quick movie recommendation which I'm almost finished watching right now um not not the second but before um I, I pushed record I was watching it but basically um so in Japan is really interesting because a lot of things, including cell phones, get described as having like a Galapagos syndrome here. And I think po- podcasting is kind of developing in that way. And if you don't know what Galapagos syndrome is or the Galapagos Islands where, you know, um, animals basically adapted in a very specialized way because of the unique isolated conditions of the island. And, um, and so unique things that won't be... Animals, creatures that are not on the Galapagos, Galapagos Islands that will, are not found anywhere else in the world that are specifically, you know, suited for that place, but, you know, would be completely out of whack anywhere else, right? And that's kind of um, Japan, people, it's kind of like a running joke. Japan has Galapagos syndrome, where, and, you know, the Japanese economy, Japanese culture is so, as an island, is so isolated that a lot of things become really specialized in some really strange ways and i'm seeing podcast it seems like this this platform called voicey i'll tell you about it in a second um is one of those so me looking at it at first i was like huh 
That's interesting because, you know, podcast podcasting hasn't really picked up the way it has in the West. You know, like have like the majority of like literally half of Japanese people have iPhones. The majority of people I've talked to about podcasts have no clue what the podcast app does at all. Like no clue. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They're like, what? Like, yeah, you got this app on your phone. You see it? They're like, oh, that's what that thing does. Like, it's crazy. Right? Mm. So like, so I was, oh yeah, I looked at this platform and I was, and you know, they had some people on there. They had some English uh, speakers on there and things like that. And I was like, okay, cool. But I was like, why, why aren't there that many like podcasters on this platform? And I was just like, then I started looking into how I get on this fucking platform. And I found out basically like, don't worry, I'm going to get to the point in a second. This platform, which had, you know, average viewers, like, in, in my niche, were getting, like, you know, 60,000 subscribers, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 hits per podcast, which I was, initially I was like, awesome. I did a little bit more digging into the shit, and it's like, yo, the, 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 the registration process of it is a paid registration process, where basically you're paying three different tiers, a hundred thousand yen. Well, if you go back and you understand Japanese money again, take away uh, two zeros off of it. That's a thousand dollars a month. Between a thousand dollars a month is, I think, it's one hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, and five hundred thousand a month. I believe just for uploading the podcast, editing it, putting it on Alexa, putting it on like their platform, and a few other things, registering it, and a few other things. And I, I saw that and I was like, "Fuck that!" Like you know. I, I'm like, I'm doing that shit myself. You might be like, well, well, why the fuck would people sign up for that bullshit, right? Why would people do that? And I was talking to my mother-in-law about it, and it kind of struck me that that's a very Japanese thing. Why do I say that is because, um, and again, this is my theory about Japan and and how, you know, things like this can, can happen. And how a business like that can kind of function and survive because Japanese people are very risk averse, right? And unknown things, people really kind of hesitate to dive foot, you know, dive into. Even if they want to, they really don't. And it's a lot easier to have, I think I talked about the Tantosha before, a person who's really in charge of who you can kind of complain to and who is basically responsible for whatever activity is going on. Especially you're the customer, you pay the person, they're the person that basically you can just complain to and just say, get on this shit whenever you're like, you know, like the slightest bit dissatisfied with what the fuck is going on or have any questions, you just run to them and they have to just basically kiss your ass and answer anything you ask and do anything you say. Pretty much that's what it is. And Japanese people really, really, really like that, right? Mm. Started drinking a little wine just to cool, to chill out before and the night. And like, um, you. So for me, I was thinking about this company and I was like, you know, after I was like, fuck that shit, I was like, huh, that's interesting. So their business model, generally, you know, you would think like a, a podcasting platform, their business model like um, is predicated on, fo- is focused on the viewers, right? Explan- expanding the base of viewers so that they can get more view- hits 
get more sponsors, get a share of that sponsorship money. So they want to make it easier for people and, for, of course, free and easy for creators to upload on that platform so users can find easy, you know, can can find uh, interesting, uh, what's the word, shit. <laughs> interesting shit on the platform. They can get more hits, make more money, right? That's That's kind of the standard way of doing things, right? But Japan doesn't really work like that. This, again, companies risk averse and the people who the broadcasters are also risk averse and they kind of feed off of each other is how I'm seeing it. Whereas the company doesn't really want to didn't really probably didn't really want to take the risk of, you know, going out there and, you know, having to start something from the ground up and and, and you know, what I'm saying like get their name out and things like that. So they just built a fucking platform and said, hey, we got it, you guys. Like, and you don't know shit about podcasting, but we know the stuff about podcasting and we can do it for you. So give us your money and we'll take care of everything. And people were like, great. You know, companies, not only that, individuals, like, I guess a few, like, uh, stars or whatever. So they might have, like, talked about the company within established circles. And, of course, for example, managers for, like, a, you know, a TV talent or, or something like that is more comfortable offering like hey you should do this to their client because it's an established system with again they are taking care of everything it's an official company they have a system they have a box they have a package for you and you all you do is put your stuff in this package send it to them and they'll take care of everything else versus the uncertainty of doing it yourself Figuring it out on your own, building your own platform and doing it for free, saving yourself like tens of thousands of dollars a fucking year, which is crazy. But for a larger corporation, it doesn't mean shit. But, you know, for my ass, it's like, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> so, so, but, but, but I would say like that was inspiration for me, you know, and thanks again for you all for listening and keeping me motivated to continue this podcast, which of course I will do. Um, all the, the, those years of experience have kind of very, I mean, very seamlessly allowed me to kind of like, okay, I just got to record this, register here, do this, boom, 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 and, and like, Tomorrow, like, you know, I thought about it for a day, recorded two parts tonight, and then I'm, I'm uploading the shit tomorrow, you know, and on a schedule, and I'll just do, like, t twice, a, twice a fucking week, you know, on a schedule, just record one night, like, when after this podcast, and then I'll just, like, set it up for the week, so, um, it's really no big deal for me now at this point in time, which I'm really, you know, I'm really feeling accomplished about that, because I, I believe I've come a long way from fucking you know, drinking wine with my shirt off in the goddamn typhoon like several years ago to actually, you know, putting out fucking legitimate content for for people to really help people out and, you know, that I think is going to be helpful. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about it, you know. Not, I mean, don't go searching for the shit because, you know, you'll hear me you'll hear me talking like this. Hi, you guys. It's your, it's your English teacher, Akil. That's like my fucking English teacher study voice, but, you know, um... But, um, but no, like it's, um, it, yeah, pretty much it's just like a storytelling, uh, a mini storytelling, uh, podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get off the ground. So, so that's, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. It should be cool. And, you know, of course, linking back into all my other shit. Um, but, but enough about that. Let me get to some shit for you guys. So, um, again, let me give you a few things real quick and then I get out of here and I get out of here for the, for the week. Sorry, it's going to be a short one for you guys for this week, but, 
Mm, I've been kind of ripping and running all over the place. It's been kind of a wild uh, week, week and a half for me. But one thing that's been pretty wild in Japan has been the Rugby World Cup, right? And let me talk about that because um, it's been interesting. And, and I believe, I I can't remember if I talked about it before, but... You know, I'm seeing the news kind of demonizing the people coming here already. Not, not, they're not, it's not too crazy. But, you know, of course, there has been some issues with, with rugby fans getting rowdy, leaving trash, and, you know, causing a ruckus on the trains and in the streets and shit like that. And then it's not all bad, but I'd say the news would probably be like mm, 70% negative shit about, about rugby fans coming to Japan. And another 30% is like, yeah. But, you know, they're having fun, so whatever. Mm. One thing I did do, I'm not trying to sing, sing, single out Irish people, but it was a bunch of Irish fans. Um, so if you're Irish, don't get pissed off at me. I'm not generalizing. I'm just saying. Okay, this is just a bunch of Irish people. So I was watching the news, like, yesterday, I believe. Um, and, like, uh, there was... Um, yeah, Ireland had won in the Rugby World Cup, and, you know, they were like, holy shit, they just took over the convenience. There was like a news kind of, you know, thing, because basically it was just a bunch of fans singing, chanting. They were having a good time in front of a convenience store near a train station, but the police were trying to, futilely trying to get them to fucking move on. They took over a convenience store singing, and, of course, buying drinks and shit like that. One dude actually picked up a cop, like, twice, you know. I mean, not, like, pick him up to body slam him, but just, like, hoisting him up. Like, yeah, 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 you know, like a bigger Irish dude and, like, a smaller Japanese cop. And he's just like, eh, okay, thank you, look kind of half-smiling. And I was explaining this to one of my students today. I was talking about it, like, it's because, I've said it before, Japanese people are peacekeeper Japanese police especially are peacekeepers not law enforcers so that guy's job is to kind of try to keep the peace he's he got the he was a younger cop so he got the short end of the fucking stick and you know it's kind of clear like as I would say those tourists were really even more like that be and people do this type of behavior because there generally isn't the perception or I'd say the threat of you know retribution violence arrest from Japanese police in general, right? You're just not gonna get that. They're gonna kinda gently like, okay, smile at you, he he he, can you kinda move on? Because that was what not all the time, but works with Japanese people in general. I mean a pistol if you look at a pissed off like person, Japanese young dude or Yakuza dude, like they <laughs> it's just kinda hilarious watching the exchange between those guys. Cause it is just you just just put on some fucking Benny Hill music and just like listen to the like run all over the places. I won't even maybe one time I might like try and find something, but but it's 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 kinda crazy. Like the shit that they put up with. Um but um what I'm what anyway, so it, that's kind of my point. Like, I feel like, especially people coming into Japan, kind of can quickly get a sense that the non-threatening nature of authority here in Japan, and some people can handle it, some people can't, right? Some people can, can let me handle it. I mean, like, be, I don't want to say respectful of it, be mindful of it, 
you know, like, or limit themselves because of it. Some people can't. And I would say a drunky, a drunken crowd of rugby fans definitely are not going to, right? Like, if it was like football or American football, I'd say the same shit. Like, there's no way, in, there's no way in fucking hell Japanese police would be able to control like a parking lot full of fucking rowdy ass tailgaters if they like, you know, descended on this country for the fucking Super Bowl sometime in the future. That just would not happen. It just culturally doesn't mix. And I'm not saying one is right or wrong. Some cases, some of the videos I saw made me cringe a little bit. Like, yeah, I wish you guys could fucking tone it down. I understand, but you know, I, I wish it wasn't all like that. You know, feeling I feel a little bit bad for like the elderly Japanese couple that has to clean up all the vending machine fucking empty beer cans that are left by like the fifty or so rowdy motherfuckers after they went home. That kind of sucks to look at because you see the Japanese side of it, where foreign people think, "Hey, we're just having fun," but you know, Japanese people tend to clean up or after this type of shit without really complaining about it you know volunteers all of them like older it's like 50 60 year old people doing it and they're just like fine we gotta do it you know um and that's just the way it is here so i mean you know i'm not this isn't really gonna change anyone's opinion drunk you know drunken sports fans are gonna be drunken sports fans wherever you go but yeah, it, you know, seeing it on TV and, and seeing the other side of it, how it affects Japanese people isn't, you know, isn't really the best thing. That's all I would say. So just if you if you do come to Japan in the future, just try to be mindful of the rules for me. Please do it for me, you know, so I don't have to watch this shit on the news anymore. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let me let me get something else for you. I didn't read this article, but um, the title kind of struck me, and I won't get too deep into it. But it, but it transitions well into um, from it's a good segue from what the previous article over uh, the previous topic. And the this article I believe is a, it's either a guy. I didn't. No, you just got to search for it. The title is Japan's toxic drinking culture. Japan's toxic drinking culture no one talks about. Once again, Japan's toxic drinking culture no one talks about. And um, I won't speak on this too I won't speak on this too much because I want to get to the last topic and then get out of here really quickly, but mm. but um I will say, yeah, like for some people, especially especially in work related situations, drinking is kind of can be kind of an issue here for foreign people as well as Japanese people. But just the accessibility of alcohol, how much some people actually do drink and their inability to limit themselves. Like I've met several just literally functioning alcoholics, men and women. You know, you're talking to them and you like hang out with them and you're like, how much do you drink? Like, how often do you drink? Like, that's not cool, you know, um, you, but... But it's kind of more a lot more socially accepted. I mean, being a wino isn't socially acceptable, but going to your job, going home, and getting drunk every night of the week is socially acceptable. You know, as long as you can make it to work in the morning and do your fucking job, it's crazy. Like I, I, I don't know. Like that's one that's one part of the society I don't really I don't really rock with too well. You know, I'm, I'm a drink. I'm fucking drinking right now. But I mean, I'm not talking like like a beer after work. I'm talking like a beer after work, like. It's kind of a normal thing, you know, but I mean, everyday beer, everyday three beers after work, you know, kind of thing for me is a little bit much. I kind of try to limit myself 
you know, you know, too much of anything makes you an addict, right? So if I'm to the point where I'm drinking, where I'm like depending on three beers after I get home, you know, from work every day, that's really not that cool, you know, or two beers and some shochu or some shit like that. Um, for me, again, for me, like it, it, we all are, it's all our own bodies, all our own minds, but. But yeah, um, but it, it goes it goes a lot more than that. There are a couple of pictures drunk of people drunk and people passing out on the street. You know things like, again. You heard pictures of me. You heard stories of me passing on the street. So I can't really judge. The only thing I would say is like if it becomes something where you're doing it every night, you know, um, or it's happening on a consistent basis. That's where it's kind of like, yo, you know, if every now and then you might slip up and have a little bit too many, especially in a, in a, in a country like this. Hey, it happens. You know, I know Lord knows it happens to me. <laughs> Lord knows it happens to me, you know, a few many more times than I wanted to. Um, but I'm talking like on a maybe yearly basis, not on a monthly basis, you know. Um, and for some people, I, I see it all the time. That's just what happens. And, you know, um so again, I didn't read the article. I scanned through some of the pictures. I scanned through some of the titles. Again, if it's something you you'd like to learn learn a little bit more about, that's just that's just something I'm just gonna introduce to you. The final thing I got for you though is this fucking movie that I'm I'm seeing, and this will probably be the main thing I would encourage you to take a look at. Um, if you have the time, you have the means, or you can track it down. I'm sure I'm sure you'll be able to. But it's a movie, a, a fucking cheesy movie at that. From from me, from my perspective, it's cheesy as fuck. But um, mm, basically, the title is um, "My Darling Is a Foreigner," and what it is is a manga series by Saori Oguri. So I mean, I, let me Google her. Saori. Oh, good. And, huh, uh-huh. She's 52 now. Damn. Oh, she's. Oh, that's, that's her husband. That's what her husband looks like. Okay. And basically, um, she, what happened was she, I remember her from like several years ago. She became, um, a pretty, like this manga series, I'd say like about 10 or so years ago. Oh, they, they look like a nice couple. Like when I when I was pretty new to Japan, they became um her her um what you call it her manga series became pretty popular a little over ten years ago, and you know basically it's what it sounds like. Her um her husband is a foreign guy, and he came to Japan, and they met, and they fell in love, and stuff like that. He's doing all this goofy shit, and you know, he can speak Japanese and learning about Japanese culture. I guess he loves kanji. He's kind of a kanji otaku, um, and just all the wacky things that he does living in Japan. She wrote like a manga series about it. It became popular. It got picked up as a movie, um, as a movie, and I saw it like you know when it came out. I, again, of course, the the. The comics were everywhere when they first started becoming popular. You know, it was a really nice success story. And then when the movie came out, I was like, oh, I rolled my eyes at it. But I kind of wanted to see it just to see what it was like. But there was no way in hell I was going to pay for it in the movie theater. So I just checked Amazon Prime over here in Japan, and it just popped up. And so I was like, like a few, I just saw it like a few days ago. I was like, oh, okay, that's that fucking movie. All right, let me, let me check it out, you know. Um, 
And and so I I was been kind of working my way through it in my free time. But um yeah, today just watching a big chunk of it as I was just between like recording sessions and getting set up and stuff like that. I think it's something that I would recommend for someone, especially either coming to Japan or you know, in a relationship with a Japanese person, um, either in Japan or in another country, just because for not for the ba- the quality of the movie. Again, it's just not my type of movie. You might fucking like it. It's just not my type of movie at all. But I would say it is quite educational from a, a standpoint of understanding the dynamics of Japanese people and how Japanese people think and communicate. Like in the mo- in the setting of the movie, again, I don't know the the dude, but her basically her boyfriend in the movie is kind of like a a lovable doofus. <laughs> is how I would describe him. Like he's really is just like a lovable doofus. Like he does a bunch of bumbling shit. He's not really. I don't know. He's just like a. He's like a fucking, I don't know, like, I don't even, I don't want to, like, downplay him, because I don't know the guy in real life, but the character that is played in, in the series is kind of like, uh, he's not a deep character, he's more like an empty character, is is how I would describe, I would see him as, and again, me, the, this, the reason why this, this movie is interesting is because it gives you a perception on how Japanese people see foreign people in an international relationship. The Japanese partner, especially Japanese women, um, would see a foreign partner in an international relationship. Some of the things, just me dealing with my wife um, and that I've gone through, I can kind of relate to in a way, not to the extreme that it was shown in the movie, but like... In hindsight, you know, a few things that I might have missed or, um, you know, like signs that I might have missed when I was newer to Japan, things like that. However, this movie uh, is a little bit inexcusable because this character, he is very fluent in Japanese, but he doesn't really understand all the nuances of Japanese culture. And I would say I've seen this this happen several times before where there are foreign people who don't really get it. And remember, I've talked about before about getting it with Japanese people. So even though they can speak, but they just don't get it, you know, so they don't really mix as well with Japanese people. They, you know, they might be interested in entertaining and friends, but it, it doesn't click like the way it should to where you can kind of smoothly blend in especially if you're in a relationship, that's kind of an important thing to help make your life a lot easier. And you and you kind of see it. Like, I'm, I'm towards the end of the movie where it's getting all dramatic and cheesy and shit, and I'm just like, okay, this is kind of... But whatever, I just want to finish it just to, you know, get over get over with. But um, I'm like, I got like a half an hour left in the movie, and it's just like, oh my God, it got me rolling my eyes, like, you know, as I'm setting my shit up. But um, I'd say the first hour of the movie, especially, you know... I would pay attention to her. If, if you do watch this movie, pay attention to the female character. Again, the, the title is My Darling is a Foreigner. Um, pay attention to the female character and the not her and the people around her, especially the nonverbal cues, the atmosphere of, again, not the person, but, but the atmosphere around the person 
And, you know, there's a lot of real, like me living here longer, a lot of things are really communicated, a lot of insecurities, a lot of anxieties, you know, a lot of doubts that, of course, the, the foreign guy doesn't pick up on at all. But, you know, there's a lot of real communication that goes on, you know, especially um, the main female character. She's a bit melodramatic, a bit over the top in her um, acting, which makes it, which is good for you if you want to actually learn about this type of stuff, because it makes it a bit easier for you to pick up on, like you know, the nonverbal cues and things like that. I have met Japanese women who are like this as well, the cute kind of "I'm gonna do it, gambali mas" kind of person, like you know, um, who just throws, you know, just basically one part of the Japanese personality is the belief that. If you just try your hardest, you can do anything. <laughs> Sorry to laugh at that, but <laughs> it's kind of just, it's kind of like this naive kind of thing. Like you know, if you just try your hardest, like you know, you'll do it. And then if it if you lose and it doesn't work out, people are like, "What the fuck?" But I was trying. It's like. <laughs> that doesn't you know trying doesn't equal winning like <laughs> you know some like sometimes that gets lost in society a little bit and the character in this movie is kind of that type of character who just believes that trying equals winning every time like a yosh i just gotta try my best and then i'll do it and you know if i'm sucking at it i'll just gotta try harder and then i'll do it <laughs> just like, yeah, that kind of naivete kind of is, is is around here in this country, exists in this country sometimes. You know, I'm not gonna get too deep on it, but but um, but yeah, like I would say, like you know, definitely just if you want to have an understanding about, like if if you're not really too familiar with the inner workings of Japan, the relationships between Japanese people, like you know, just Japanese culture in general, and you want to know a little bit more about it, you want to be able to pick up on some of those nonverbal clues, especially if you either are new to Japan or you haven't come to Japan yet, I would recommend this movie. You know, if it's not, if you're not into these type of cheesy love things, just do it from a social analysis type of type of situation, a sociological type of situation. You know, if you do love this type of cheesy ass shit, then hey, go to town, you know. <laughs> Again, like um, for me, the first hour, there's there's like a big event that ha I'm not gonna spoil this shit for you but there's like a um you know big event that happens in the movie for me from what I've seen so far up to that point you'll know what it is like you know up to that point is where the majority of I think the good nuggets are from what I've seen for there might be something else later but if, if you really don't like these type of movies, I would just say maybe watch up until... You'll know what that point of the movie is. That kind of like dun-dun-dun moment in the movie. And if you're just not feeling the movie, just cut it off after that and, and be done with it, you know. And so, But again, I'm just going to finish it until it's done. Just so that I can say I got through it. But, but that's it. But again, like I really think it'll be helpful for you if you really want to understand Japan a bit more. And just don't want to be a fucking like, you know lovable doofus like you know pretty much because for the most of us if you're dating like a japanese girl that, that's another thing i would say if you are in a relationship with a japanese girl it, um or woman you know it does kind of unless you've been in japan for a long time then you would agree with me as well like especially in the beginning stages just coming here 
there's so much stuff going on under the under the surface that you're not aware of. And this kind of again, this movie is shown from the Japanese side, so you kind of see a lot of the moving parts of shit that happen. Um, that the foreign dude just is not aware of at all, you know, and that's what really happens. And so, um, I would say like use 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 that. It, of course, it's, it's it's you know um dramatized because it's a movie, but in my personal experience and what I've seen, what I see and have seen in Japan, in almost every situation, damn it, in every situation that type of shit to some degree happens. It might not happen with the parents. It might not happen with the, it might be different factors going into different things, but a lot of different points were kind of hit about, um, about international relationships. You know, I've, in my personal experience had to cover a few of those, not all of them. Um, but I think just being generally aware of them is really helpful. All right, shit, it's exactly 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh, sorry, sorry, hit the mic. It's exactly 2 o'clock in the morning. I still got to pack my shit up and get the fuck to bed because I got another long day tomorrow. So I'm going to get out of here. All right, y'all. Talk to you later. Peace.